0: The Prodigal Podcast has returned. Did you miss me? Because I've missed you. This is the word father is a verb. I'm your host, Kyle O'Connell. And it has been a little bit of time since we've heard anything. Uh, my laptop broke, which was not fun. But because it broke, I was unable to record any new podcast. So it's been a couple months. But we're just going to pretend like that was a natural uh, mid-season break. Huh? That sounds pretty good. That sounds intentional. Uh, <laughs> we're halfway through the first season. Uh, I just want to thank every single person who's been listening. I just want to thank all the new followers who have been listening to the podcast, even amongst this weird break where I haven't been able to record anything new, um, and I'm just excited to see where this can continue going for all of us. We we're halfway through the first season. Episode 16 is on your way right now. So as you guys all know, I have I have two sons and I have a daughter on the way. So my oldest son is Logan. My next son is Zachariah. Logan is four. He is just about to turn five, which is insane how fast time goes and insane how much that breaks your heart. But he's about to be five. Zachariah is two. He's got a little bit of time till he's three, but nothing can make a kid look like, uh, from a toddler to a, a child and from a little kid to a big kid, like a good haircut. You know, they, they get their haircuts and all of a sudden they look so much older, and your heart breaks, and you're like, "Man, like you look good, but you're supposed to have that like that long hair that's over the the forehead, where you look so much younger." Now, now you don't look like my baby anymore. And the haircut experience—I, I'm not good at cutting hair. I'm just gonna be plain all about that. I can't cut hair. I'm not a stylist. If if I did it, my kids would look homeless. Uh, and I'm not in the business of my kids looking homeless. I want my kids to look good. Uh, so then. We bring him out. We bring him out to go get haircuts. We've been doing this since a little over one years old for Logan. And I remember the first ever haircut was so difficult. I mean, Logan was just screaming on my lap. He was screaming on my lap. He was crying. And and I just remember feeling so bad for the lady cutting his hair because he just was not sitting still. And I cannot imagine taking scissors to a one-year-old's head when they are tossing and turning and screaming. It came out looking good. You know, we gave a decent tip because it was. It, we felt like, man, you you really pushed through on that one. So long gets his haircut, he looked good. Looks like a big kid. Shocking, you're taking your photos. Continues on the next time. Then we go. We think to ourselves, how are we going to keep him calm? Oh man, we're going to bring M Ms. That's what it is. So we bring M Ms, and he's a little more calm, but it, you can still tell his his unrest I mean I was trying to prep him beforehand like I was trying to like you know make loud noises behind his head so that way when the racer would be back there he'd be used to it that wouldn't scare him I was trying to see all that how we can make it work and it just it really didn't go very well his second haircut very similar to the first uh very uneasy unrest and you felt bad for the person cutting the hair and I learned certain things then watching people like you watch all the hairstylists try to pull away from the child's haircut, right? You come in with a one-year-old and these hairstylists are all of a sudden sweeping the floors and trying to keep clean and trying to do their stations. And who's going to be the sorry person who picked the short straw and cut the one-year-old kid's hair. So it was his third haircut and I scheduled it. It was me and him. We were going to do it together. And I kind of went into it thinking they're going to cut his hair and then they're going to cut my hair uh and you know it'd be a little bit of a longer time getting our haircuts but that's fine uh he's gonna have to be on my lap the whole time and the two hairstylists came up and the one was like i'll take the little guy and she'll take you and i just remember being so hesitant like "Whoa, whoa 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 i mean like he's definitely not gonna sit still without sitting on my lap but i'm like i'll try it you know let's let's go for it yeah yeah sure put up the little booster seat on the stool try it and if he gets too crazy we can put him on my lap and wouldn't you know he had the best haircut of his life i mean he sat there he didn't cry he didn't scream he's just looking himself in the mirror and when he gets the haircut all done he looks good and he did amazing so we learned really quick we learned really quick that it wasn't about him being scared of the haircut. When I'm just putting my hands on him and, and trying to shelter him, he's gonna be in that worried space because he doesn't have to be on his own. And it's like when he had his own haircut, sitting on by himself, he was sitting there calm. Ever since then, he sat there totally calm and totally content, getting his haircuts and. I know, I know, I know, before you come at me and say, well, it's just a maturity thing. He was closer to two by that point. Um, Zachariah, we never sat him on the lap, and we just let him sit on the thing, and he has never had issues with getting haircuts. Now, when I say issues, I mean him having issues. Uh, I'll never forget the, the story. This one lady was cutting Zach's hair, and he was with Rebecca. I'm getting my hair cut at the same time. And so what ends up happening is cut, 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 and the lady, like, snips the tip of his ear off with scissors all you know and so immediately Rebecca calls me I come over he's bleeding and immediately you know this is me as a dad uh, I'm not the person to be like oh no what's going on it's awful I'm the person to really dumb it down and make it seem like it's absolutely nothing like oh we'll just put a band-aid on it real quick we get a I mean this thing is pouring blood ears bleed a lot naturally but i mean this thing was pouring blood so he quickly put a band-aid on it the hairstylist is sobbing. Rebecca's like in shock and and she's consulting the hairstylist, right? like she's like, "You did such a good job, you did such a good job, you know you, you did great. it's okay. It was an accident. And Rebecca on the inside is freaking out, like you just cut the tip of my kid's ear off what is wrong with you, but you know she's showing love, she's showing all that and and so we end up leaving they end up not charging us for Zach's haircut, which is the right thing to do um but they end up not charging for Zach's haircut. We end up leaving. I try to peel back the bandaid a little bit and it's just pouring blood. Put it back on. Rebecca the whole time was like, we need to go to the hospital. We need to go to the hospital. And I felt like I didn't want to go to the hospital over a cut on his ear. See, I didn't realize that the whole tip of his ear was, you know, gone. Um, but I, I was like, I don't want to bring him for an ear cut. Like kind of felt a little silly about that. He, He's okay. He's not really crying right now. Um Then we get home, we take the Band-Aid off, and at this point, it's been probably about half an hour, 45 minutes, and it is still just gushing blood. So we make the decision, we go to the hospital, and immediately, you know, the doctor comes in. We have to put fake skin over his ear. They bandage his ear, but when they bandaged it, they put the Band-Aid all on his hair. Really awful experience, right? Like, something that you would think totally is going to scar your child, so that way the next time when they get a haircut, that they're not going to want to, you know, sit by themselves and get a haircut. But wouldn't you know, we bring Zach there the second time, he ends up sitting by himself, he gets a haircut, and he is totally fine. You see, sometimes we put our own limitations on our children. We we put our own limitations thinking that they're not going to be comfortable, or they can't handle this, or this is going to be too scary for them. So what are we going to do? We're going to make sure that we're the ones to be there. We're going to be the protectors. And we are. We are protectors. But sometimes you got to let that kid just go out and do it himself because if you don't they're never going to feel confident they're never going to be able to do it it's like when you have a helper in the trade if i'm just helping you install sinks and just helping you install toilets or just helping you put in these fixtures and i never do it myself i'm never going to feel confident enough to do it by myself there has to come a point in time where that bird theoretically Flaps the wings, right? Theologically swa- flaps those wings where it can fly away and leave that nest. And no, I'm not saying that my one year old or two year old or three year old has to leave the nest completely, but there's things that we have to do to prepare them to be able to do that. And if I'm always just being this like helicopter parent, you know, where you're hearing the flying over every single second, it's like my kid's never going to be independent and strong. I remember we went out to the cabin. We went out, it was probably July or August, I don't really remember. It was, you know, a summery night, and so it's dark, it's not crazy, but there's this trail in the woods, and all of Logan's cousins went with their pappy into the woods, and Logan was a little upset, right? And he was upset because he wanted to go with them, but he was scared to go catch up. I'm like, you can see them, you know, I see exactly where they are, just walk up the trail. And he wouldn't do it, so... I ended up saying, well, let me go with you. He wanted to be carried, though. He wanted to be carried because he was scared. It's a trail in the woods. It's in the middle of the night. I understand that. But I wasn't going to carry him. And I wasn't going to carry him because I was lazy. It wasn't like I wasn't going to carry him because, you know, I didn't want to pick up. It was because I wanted him to know he could walk. So we walked together in the woods. And he was scared. And I could tell he was scared. But he walked next to me the entire time. And when we caught up to them, we all walked back together. But Logan. You could see every step he was taking, he was getting a little more comfortable, a little more brave, a little more confident, and we're to the point where he wasn't able to have a conversation as we walked, he was finally able to start talking. He was able to talk, he was able to communicate with me, and you could see the comfort coming over him now because he felt like he was able to do this on his own you see if I would have just carried him into the woods the woods would have been a scary thing and his head would have been buried in my chest the whole way but now the next night when we go walk into the woods he felt confident and he felt able to go and there was a certain braveness given to him because of the way i walked with him and because i believed in him you see it's not so much as saying you can do it it's not so much as saying don't be scared there's no animals it's just let's go let's go and let's do it it's when when you're a kid when you go down the big water slide right or when you jump off a cliff it's you get scared but once you do it and and you land in that water and you check yourself you're like whoo i'm okay You're back at it again and you can do it and the fear leaves because you feel confident. Um, I think it's so important for us to make sure we we leave our children with confidence and they're never going to build confidence by us just doing everything for them. We need to make sure that we're the ones pushing them out and saying, listen, you got this. You're going to be okay. And when they see our belief in them, their confidence is going to grow so much. And when it grows, they're going to feel so much more comfortable. And I just, it's one of the beautiful things you see as a parent. When you see your child, it's, it's very bittersweet because you get sad because it means they're growing. But you see the independence of them stepping forward and being okay. The challenge for this week is, is pretty simple. It brings me back to when Logan started preschool. He started preschool, and I just remember feeling so uneasy. I mean, so uneasy this is the first time in his whole life because he never went to daycare this is his first time in his whole life where I cannot account for what's going on right like he's either been with Beck me maybe a grandparent somebody who I specifically knew who was watching him where I can account for every single second of his life and that was so difficult I'm at work and I'm thinking myself like wonder what he's doing I hope he's okay I hope he's making friends I hope he's not sad I hope he's not missing us right and I remember leading up to even going and dropping him off I just remember thinking and it was going to be so hard for him. And when that preschool door opened that first time, he just boom, ran in. It was like, bye, mom and dad. Like I just remember feeling like, man, like he, he's growing so much. And, and that was difficult for me. But I want to repeat that. That was difficult for me. That was not difficult for Logan. That was not a hard time for Logan. He was able to do it. He had the confidence to do it. Now, I could have been like, no, Logan, come back and give it. No, stop. Just let him go. Let him do it because he's confident he's doing it. And I'm not going to create a problem for him. And that's all that I would end up doing is creating problems. When I try to smother and I try to baby and I try to do those things, I need to let him be his age. There, it's four. Right now he's four. I need to let him be four. With Zachariah, it's like, I need to make sure that I'm letting him be his age. I, I constantly, I love the fact that Rebecca's pregnant in one aspect. People stop calling Zachariah baby. Where's the baby? Where's the baby? Someone help the baby. He's not a baby he is not a baby anymore he's a toddler let's call him a toddler and as much as I would love to hold on as long as possible to those baby stages we need to accept that the stage moved forward we need to accept that it's continuing on so Zachariah is a toddler now and and it's he's a big toddler he walks around and he, and he talks and he does things that you're like man like just last year you were you were so tiny But it's important for us to understand these things and let them grow. So the challenge is is to kind of pull back a little bit. And it's not pull back where it's like, don't show them love, don't show them this. It's not that tough love, you know, rub dirt in it mentality. But this is just to let them do things themselves. Let them figure out themselves and and, and grow. I mean, when I think about kids, when it comes to riding bikes and all that, they're so scared that first time and and then they keep going and then that confidence grows. And I don't want to rob our children of confidence, you know, as fathers we need to be their biggest supporter. And sometimes when we think building confidence means that we just need to be tough on them and just be like just figure it out, just do it, you know, be a man and it's like that is that is not the way that's going to go for our children. I think that it's important that we show them that we believe in them. The I'm proud of yous are huge. Sometimes as parents, like, we have different standards, right? Like, Zachariah handed me a picture yesterday. He hands it to me. And I'm in the middle of cooking this soup. And I pick it up. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Good job. And I give it back to him. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, that was a pretty lousy good job. That was pretty, you know, I didn't really encourage him. He, he was clearly proud of it. He came up to show it to me. And. So I, I I put down the, the ladle from stirring and I go over to him and I pick it up and I look at him in the eyes and I'm like, Zachariah, you did such an amazing job on this. I'm so proud of you. And you saw his face just lit up. He was looking for something. He was looking for that approval. I didn't have to hold his hand with coloring. I didn't have to show him what to do. I didn't have to do all those things, but I showed him how proud I was of him for doing that action. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like that's what I needed. And that builds it. So you know what? in everything in life, when we do it, he's going to step forward and he's going to look for his father's approval. He's going to look for his mother's attention. He's going to look for these things and we got to know the right way to give it, right? Building the confidence and letting them go is not just kicking them out of the nest. It's monitoring them, making sure they're flying good, telling them good they did. It's it's really a, a beautiful thing as a parent to do. So it's funny the life lessons that you can get from small little moments in life, like your kids sitting by themselves to go get a haircut and everything just boom pops in front of you and you're like that made so much sense and it totally changes your viewing on parenting and and how you act but it is it is things that we can hold on to forever and again it didn't matter what it was m ms didn't work sitting by my lap didn't work but sitting by themselves gave him them the confidence that even when zach gets the type of his ear cut off he still comes back and he still gets haircuts and he's still good um and it's, and it's really something awesome. And that's the challenge that I set for you today is to let your child do things. Praise them for the things they do, but let them be the one to do things. For this episode's dad joke, how we're going to end it, Um, I'm going to start off and tell you my least favorite joke of all time, and it's when you go up to somebody and you say, hey, I got my hair cut, and they're like, did you get them all cut? Oh my gosh, that is not a funny joke, it's dumb, It's, it's lame, it's not good, it's not even a good dad joke, hair is plural, okay, you don't say hairs. It's plural. So when I say I got my hair cut, I could be meaning every single one of them. Not a funny joke. Let's stop saying that joke. But if we are going to say a haircut joke to end our jo- uh, segment here, then we need to go with the classic one. How does a sheep get his hair cut? <laughs> At the Baba shop.